Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather, the shoe girl AJ, the suburban princess, here to discuss yet another week of preseason activity that's slowly coming to a close as I sit and watch the Bills and Browns finish up their game. Bills are looking pretty decent, and Baker Mayfield so far has had a semi-impressive preseason. And apparently Josh Allen impressed some of the commentators <laughs> when I turned on tonight to uh, watch some of their game. But after that, I've decided to reflect on the fact that preseason itself is an experiment. It's an experiment to basically for the fans to see how loyal they stay, depending on how their seasons ended previously with their teams. And since our team, the Eagles, won the Super Bowl, the bar is pretty high. And like most overreactions after last night's game versus the Patriots, 17-point loss, you know, naturally Eagles fans are going to think, okay, I hope they don't look this bad on September. To me, September and August are totally two different things to me. And and honestly, even though I subconsciously didn't realize it, but I said it in my head, I thought October may be the month that will really define the Eagles because you figure if Carson does not start in September, like they're rumored to be saying, unless he's medically miraculously cleared, um, October sounds like a more relevant time for all players who are being held back to con- continue rehabbing and nursing injuries like Alshon Jeffrey and uh, whatever's going on with Nelson Aguilar all of a sudden. But um, I think a lot of players are actually just staying low on purpose because they've probably been grinding it out most of the training camp and um, the May camp. So it's like some of them probably their bodies might be talking to them and saying you need a break. Others have been able to kind of just hang out on the sidelines and just be faces for the rookies. And then there are others like Bryce Treggs, who's been on the Eagle squad, if not practice squad, for a couple of years and has still not really made great strides. In fact, he got a new injury last night, which probably looked like a really strained hammy. But Bryce Treggs always seemed like he was that kid that probably had promise, but he just never seemed to be anything but a flash in the pan occasionally in fourth quarters of games. And I think he played in one game where he's he's not started, but I know he played um, a few quarters and uh, he ha- he caught a really deep pass one time, but there's nothing about him now that I've looked at him and accidentally met him in person when I was hanging with friends and going to a get together at a building apparently that he was coming with a couple girls with. I just looked at him and thought he looks like he's maybe not even a foot bigger than me. And, you know, he just looks like a guy walking down the street. I, nothing about him intimidating, nothing about him screens NFL players. So I feel like he's just there as a decoy when they run out of wide receivers. Um, there's a host of rookies that look like they may or may not make it. And then there's some like Wendell Smallwood who just seemed to never get his train going. And I just feel like he's going to eventually either get traded or put back on the practice squad. Um, I don't think Darren Sproles' job is is in jeopardy. Corey Clement's fine. Jay Ajayi, he could go either way. I mean, if his body doesn't uh, rebound from the whole year previously, especially because he had to amp up probably his rehab after he was kind of thrown into onto the team midseason, and now he doesn't have LeGarrette Blunt to bounce off uh, total uh, carries, I think that it's going to be a big test to see if that year um, addition contract is going to be worth it for him or is he going to be one of those candidates that might get traded I don't know for some weird reason say Nick Foles gets a random deal midseason and he ends up going somewhere are they going to throw Ajayi in there I mean Ajayi is about as good as he can be 
as long as the line is. And apparently last night it didn't really allow Ajayi to really do anything. So I can't really say that Ajayi is worth it. Um, I did like him as an asset when he came in because he, he went right to work and that's what you want. But because of, you know, they'll talk about his knees and he's not always as fast as LeGarrette and all them. What I'm learning about running backs is they have to get a lane and they have to get a rhythm. And last night the Eagles didn't have a rhythm and Nick Foles was partially the problem because he couldn't flow with any of the players because some of them probably didn't have a lot of snaps with Nick. So I don't know what they did or didn't do the week before or if in between training camp they may have been a little light because Nick was having spasms I know they said about a week or two ago so maybe that's why he was rusty but all that stuff is like they're all members of one hand so if the head of the tail the quarterback isn't working and the line won't work then the running backs can't get through the line and then you know you just have less progress in the end zone so and with the rookie Nate Sudfield getting a lot more reps especially most of the game um, there was no threat to seeing Christian Hackenberg, who they just signed last minute as a fourth or fifth option, I guess. And uh, I don't know, from body language, from what I've experienced looking at Christian Hackenberg, he just always seems like he's kind of sloppy. Um, he has a sharp arm, but I just feel like, I don't know, personality-wise, I don't know if he has one. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't big on the Penn State, you know, football as far as knowing about him. But I just know that there's a reason why he got bounced off the Jets so fast. And there were rumors that he wasn't understanding the plays as far as how to call them. And that's why he quickly disappeared from pro ball for about, I don't know, the rest of 2017, 2018 season. So I just don't know what the Eagles can bring out of him. I just hope that if I do see him play a little next week when they play the Browns at home, I mean, if they play in Cleveland, I'm hoping that he shows something worth worth looking at. I mean, he's obviously going to be uh, taller than Baker Mayfield, but if Nate Sudfield starts getting a steady rhythm, will Doug Peterson feel the need to even go to him? You know, maybe we'll only see him playing against his former team because the last week of preseason, the Eagles play the Jets, and usually that's only just the reserves that play. So maybe Christian Happenberg will save up his energy and they'll just debut him against his old team. So maybe he'll want him to pay. Maybe he'll come out a little bit more. Who knows? But either way, this is right now, this is Nate Sudfeld's team. Carson's just manning manning the ship from his side like he's been doing. I'm sure he's eager as hell to know that his doctor will let him be cleared. I suddenly feel confident that Carson will be because everyone is dreading that Carson won't be. And I look at it from the perspective of whatever status that might have probably resigned, you know, Carson to just staying back for a couple of games might have changed when they realized that Nick was starting to have these issues with his spasms and his shoulder, his arm, his back, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. Thinking about the first time that Carson even became an Eagle and played, he was kind of thrown in there by default because the other players got hurt. So I kind of feel like this is going to be a, a, a revisit of how Carson once even became the favorite son of the Eagles. And so no matter what, whether he's medically cleared or not, we all know that Carson, this is his team. It's just a matter of being smart. And part of me understands if he doesn't play, but I kind of want him to play week one just because he never played against the Falcons. And I feel like it'll just be his, because they play fast. So it'll be his first competition and his first, um, he'll probably get a lot of rushes coming at him. So he'll know how far he is mentally from dealing with the rush and have it has it changed his ability to 
you know how they become paralyzed once they've been it's like post-traumatic stress almost like you haven't really had a good rush at you directly and because he he's been excelling obviously in rehab you never know what his fight or flight response is going to be when he's in real time battle so I mean I have full faith that he's 100% mentally physically everything I mean you know for a man that loves God and, and and talks about patience lately in his tweets, it just shows to me that he knows it's just only a matter of time. So I'm a pray for myself because I'm a, I'm a praying woman. So I do believe that, you know, God will have a say regardless, but I won't be shocked if he's coming out there in Atlanta and ready to fire. So let's just all say prayers for the Eagles in general, because we don't want any serious injuries. Last night was the first time you also saw Jordan Hicks, who came back from uh, rehab and injury, have a really good tackle and practically lifted that Patriot player off his feet. Oh, no, actually he did. He didn't practically. He did. So it's a good sign. No, there's no Alshon Jeffrey just yet, but I'm not worried because Alshon Jeffrey kind of was coming to us kind of injured sort of anyway. He was a little slow, but once he got in the flow of Carson and, and Nick and how they throw, he was like a blessing. But I never really thought he was fast. So if there's any reason to be cautious with Alshon, it's now. Because he'll be with us for another year. So I think that Alshon is the least one to worry about. I'm also not worried about Nelson Aguilar. I'm sure whatever he's ailing with is probably muscle or, you know, hamstring related. Because he runs so hard and he runs so fast. So I think you should preserve Nelly because he's, he's pretty much done a 360. And so... Actually, no, excuse me, 180. He's done a 180 and he's improved leaps and bounds. So I think you got to keep him packaged up to save him for when the, the big battle games are coming. And there's going to be plenty of them right off the bat before they go to London. So all in all, preseason is a test. And so far, some of these fan bases are failing because they're reacting to everything they see. And I'm not. I was more looking at it to see what rookies we got to work with and who is going to be probably back on the practice squad. And so far, nobody I saw or heard on the radio hasn't disagreed with what I came up with. You know, Nate Sudfeld's coming up a little better, but he's still making crazy choices. And then Matt Jones doesn't seem motivated to want to be on the Eagles squad as a running back because he has no clue what's going on. And Shelton Gibson is going to be the next big wide receiver name out there as a backup. And um, who else? I'm trying to think. Rashad Davis was clueless. I don't know if he's going to make it at all. I don't even know why he even almost ran that punt, re that punt return back into the end zone like an idiot. Um, I think they always said that he didn't have a really good camp either. And I don't think he was even talked about last year at all on the practice squad. So I don't think he's going to be a factor. And then you're going to find out the inevitable question come middle of the season is Nick Foles going to still be in an Eagles uniform before the end of 2018? Inquiring minds want to know. I personally don't think he has big enough of a stock to go anywhere, um, especially if he plays in Atlanta and plays the same way he did during the playoffs in Atlanta where he really didn't make any strides. So I don't think his stock will go up any further after that first week if he's going to be the starting quarterback. So... I love Nick. I think he's a great person, but I agree with Mike Nick, Mike Miss. I mean, he's limited to certain things that Carson can do. And again, just like I think Nate Tudfeld is going to just always be a backup quarterback because there's nothing about him to me that really stands out other than the fact that he's mobile and he can make some good throws with his arm. But I don't know, man, Carson Wentz is just somebody special and he just, 
He sees the field better, you can tell. He doesn't seem like he's guessing. If anything, he's only guilty about overcompensating and maybe being a little too eager and letting balls sail. But that's the sign to me of someone who works. Um, Donovan McNabb will always be a hard worker to me, but he never had true touch of the ball, which is why he always seemed like he threw balls through his players instead of to them or at their feet. So that's why Carson Wentz is special. His accuracy, his timing, his overall attitude, his love of God, his, I don't know, genuineness is very rare in a sports player in the NFL today. So some of these quarterbacks coming out from the draft might actually be more impressive than quarterbacks years ago because it's a different time and it's very easy for quarterbacks who are young to get caught up in the fame and lose their head. I don't think Carson Wentz will be one of those dudes. Now Baker Mayfield, he had he could go either way. He could go the Johnny Menzel route because he's in the Cleveland Browns and start smelling himself because he's already kind of cocky. Or he could be that guy that learns a lot, matures, and still has a little bit of the swag, but grows into a more mature human being. And uh, I don't know, makes a name for himself in Cleveland. Who knows? Maybe he'll give Cleveland the, the lift they need as far as motivation. Because that dog pound group of fans, man, you talk about dedicated. Us Eagle fans are the best in the world, but the Cleveland dog pound fans are loyal like a true dog. And you can only respect that. If anything, I feel bad for them. I hope that they win more than five games. Let's put it that way. But um, preseason is just basically a litmus test. Nothing to get upset about. Um, the Phillies are more interesting to watch because it seems like no matter how many fluky games they lose or weird ways they win, um, they seem to still keep interest in, in possibly losing and or winning the NL East crown. I say they do win. But I wouldn't be shocked if a few stupid games could kick them out because they're, I don't know, not focused. And with Gabe Kapler still kind of being on that bubble of either being the best coach in the NL or the worst, anything can happen. And this is the only reason why I think anybody outside of NL, fo- uh, NL baseball is interested still in this team. Because yes, they were holding number one for a long time, but you see every game lately has been barely convincing that they want it. Yes, they've won some. They won one tonight against the Mets, and then they won one in the second doubleheader. Um, not the first, because the first was obviously the most embarrassing 24-4 to four loss I've ever seen in my life. And there were a lot of questionable moves in terms of using position players to pitch who obviously cannot pitch, like Scott Kingery. And, you know, the whole deal of sending Zach Eflin down when he's been become one of the better pitchers this year, as opposed to just sending Kingery down and just admitting you gave him too much money too soon. Front office crap. We've been there with the Eagles several times and we've suffered through it. So if it still ends up being some shady business later on the line in the next year and Zach loses that money, then I'm definitely going to look at the Phillies organization is in desperate need of a cleansing in the front office, meaning Matt Clintech has to go. We'll give him one more season. And uh, I can't even blame Gabe as much as he can overmanage and overthink, but it takes a village. And so it can't just be Gabe making those blunders. I think sometimes it can be just his team and maybe he might need to do some spring cleaning himself next season. He might have to just find some more young, sharp heads that aren't just solely relying on analytics. But uh, needless to say, our teams are under construction, but in a good 
but going in a good direction and about to build some good new things. So let's just stay behind them, hold on tight. Week three of preseason's coming up and hopefully in Cleveland, the Eagles will play a lot more confidently since supposedly most of the starters will play the first half. And worst comes to worst, if Carson does see play time, it'll be against Atlanta. Here's to hoping. And also for any of those who really tune into my weekly anchor podcast, uh, I will be hosting tomorrow night at World Cafe Live. Um, I think it's 30, 40 something Walnut. But either way, if you take a train to uh, 30th Street, you can get to World Cafe Live. I will be the MC again for Sabroso All Stars with my friends who are belly dancers, pole dancers, chair dancers, flamenco, burlesque, and um, what else do we have? Yeah, I said belly dance. So yeah, so that's my other gig. And also check out my Twitter, girlyvirgo78. You can see the link for my demo since I am now going to the genre of voice actor. And I would love to continue to do this for a living. So support me, shout me out for some business ideas or anything you want me to host. Gladly do it. Thanks for listening, you guys. AJ's Suburban Princess, Birds of a Feather. I'm out. Talk to you guys later. Take care.